0: Report. I'm your host Scott Prerost. With me today, I have my co-sports editor, Reed Watkins. How's it going, Reed? Oh, pretty good. Uh, pretty pretty rough week in ISU sports to say the least. This past week, a couple of just really devastating losses for a couple of these teams. Uh, we'll start with uh, football. They're sitting at five and three going into this game. You win two out of your next three, you finish seven and four. You're Four losses come against Division One FBS, Wisconsin, and two of the top four teams in FCS, and then you have your Southern Illinois loss, which is really not a great loss because I think they might have fallen out of the rankings here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, you're looking good. But then you go in you're at Hancock Stadium, you're up 17-13 at halftime, and you are shutting down Youngstown State the entire second half. Granted, you're not having a whole lot of success offensively, bad conditions, backup quarterback, but then you let Youngstown State go 80 yards in just over a minute with no timeout to win the game. Just a devastating loss.
1: Yeah, I'll admit it. I turned off my TV when they had the ball left with about a minute and 20 seconds and uh, the Youngstown State had no timeouts. I, just, I feel like rightfully it was fair to assume the game was over. I agreed. And they just could not find a way to uh, run out the clock, and then they let the other team march down their own home field. So, I mean, just a really upsetting loss for ISU football. Um, Obviously, the message has to be for the team, the season's not over. and You want to go in with the mentality that you're going to shock the number one team in the country. But after that loss last week, it was just devastating. And... I don't know how you move forward. Um, it would have been interesting to be at practice this week and see how they try to move forward from that.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. But it was some interesting conditions here for the Redbirds. So, um, Zach Yannickstead last week, from what we understood, uh, against North Dakota State, took a hit near the sideline and he fell and hit his shoulder. And it was hurt, but it wasn't anything serious. They were pretty sure. So, he practiced all week. But backup quarterback Tommy Rittenhouse was also getting snaps. And I guess the morning of the football game, Rittenhouse was named starter. Um, Rittenhouse comes in, first play from scrimmage, 42 yards to the house on a quarterback keeper. It looked great for Illinois State. Um, He would finish the day 7 of 14, passing 133. 103 yards, didn't turn the ball over. He carried it 10 times for 81 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, you look at that alone, yeah, the passing numbers, you'd want to be a little better, but that's not a bad game considering the conditions and what he had to play in. However, you talked about that last drive. Uh, Brock's back said that he had made the decision to not get the ball either half because he wanted to choose to play with the win behind his back when it mattered the most. First quarter, he wanted the win behind his back. Fourth quarter, he wanted the win behind his back. Fourth quarter, wind is against Youngstown State, and yet they're still able to march 80 yards through the air, mind you. It wasn't on the ground. It was through the air, and you had some penalties. The ISU's last drive, you had a holding penalty that stopped the clock when Youngstown State didn't have any timeouts left, so that saved them about 25 seconds, and then you had a defensive holding, which gave them another 10 yards when they were marching. So it's really tough. I mean... I wonder if it would have been different with Zach said, but I can't say it would have been much because Rittenhouse was running the ball a whole lot, he didn't turn the ball over, and I don't know that anybody would have had a whole lot of success throwing it. I mean, even Mitch Davidson for Youngstown State only completed 10 passes, so it's just really tough.
1: Yeah, definitely hard to evaluate uh, Rittenhouse's performance after that game, considering the wind, that was just absolutely crazy. And in my opinion, and I know we talked about it before the game, I don't really think they minded who was starting at quarterback considering how much they planned on running the ball. And maybe it would have been different if there were perfect conditions, bright, sunny day, early fall, and they're going to throw the ball 30 times or something like that. I think maybe you go with Annex said there, but maybe out of abundance of caution, knowing they were going to run the ball the whole game, they chose not to. Um, But yeah, just a disappointing loss. Um, I like how Rittenhouse played. I mean, those early explosive plays you have to like, but um, I don't really think this one falls on his shoulders.
0: No, it's, there's a lot of things that went wrong. I mean, the defense had played great all day, but then regardless, it's rare that you allow a team to go 80 yards in that small time with no timeouts. I do want to point out, though, we talked about him last week a little bit, but Daniel Sobkiewicz... Out of Rittenhouse's seven completions, six of them went to him for 96 yards. He's clearly emerging as the number one receiver on this team. As a, I believe he's a redshirt freshman, so I mean, that's just—he's really starting to make a name for himself. And it's going to be really nice to see the progress that he makes the rest of this season and in the next year because Anaksted will be back next year. So that could be a duo that would be really helpful for this offense. Jalen Carr um no catches he had one carry for zero yards I had talked about him in my five things to know article I was hoping that he might have a bigger game because he had started to emerge in this offense as one of the lead receivers but it just not a lot was going for that offense on Saturday at all
1: yeah I think the only touch he got in the backfield was that reverse that was snuffed out early and just went nowhere and um yeah at some point I mean we've talked about him this whole season one of my favorite players if i were to pick out someone on the isu offense just because of how explosive he is um i think you to really evaluate him you'd have to give him the ball a few more times and that's just something i've been calling for all season um in evaluating this offense but um Tala was hurt the second half um went down with an injury and was not able to return so you lost a Key blocker, I'm not sure what his status is going into next week, um, but definitely one of their highest performing players, underrated as a run blocker and really a solid receiver. I think he's pretty high up there next to Sobkowitz in those uh, passer yeah. statistics I would or definitely receiving agree. statistics.
0: I would agree. And then one last thing I do want to talk about. I mean, Zeke Vandenberg, another big game for him. Ten tackles, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hit. I don't think enough can be said about his performance this year. He missed one game with an injury that he just wasn't 100%, so they didn't want to put him out there. But he has just been a phenomenal player for this team this year, and I think he's got a really bright future. Um, I think that's it for football for me. Uh, They'll be back in action on Saturday. They travel to the number one team in FCS football in South Dakota State. It's gonna be a tough game, but if you if you somehow found a way to win that game, your playoff hopes are right back there. You play Western Illinois the final week, but it's it's a lot to ask. I mean, they're in a tough situation, but w- I mean, anything can happen this late in the season in conference play. So the next thing I want to talk about uh, the volleyball team uh, coming off of an 0-2 weekend, they uh, faced the number one and two teams in the conference. You and I, they lost in three sets to Drake. They lost in four. Good news—they ended Drake's 22-set win streak. They were—it uh, was the third set they ended up winning, I believe, correct? And then mm-hmm. they ended up uh, losing the fourth one. But they ended Drake's win streak. But just a tough weekend. It's just the team lacked energy. It seemed like at times. I don't know about you, when you went to that game Saturday, it just looked like a different team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell because you know this team. I feel like they always play with. A sense of energy i mean we talked about during the game friday they were still celebrating the points they won when they were down however many so you know it's hard to evaluate what the real mood in the locker room is but um i think what i got from thursday sorry excuse me saturday was just a sense of relief um i think that it's odd to say at this high a level of athletics but I think that fourth set really did mean a lot to them, Um, and they weren't even aware um, of the 22 set win streak that they broke um, until after the game, the press conference. So, um, I think it meant a lot to them just to get their feet back under them, show that they can compete with teams after a really devastating performance on Friday night, and um, obviously got to celebrate senior night and. have a really great group of four seniors that they were able to honor, um, in a ceremony after the game. So I think that took away from the sting a little bit. Um, I would agree being able to come away with a positive set, at least, um, compete throughout the fourth set and then celebrate senior night after.
0: Yeah, I would agree 100%. So currently Illinois state, Illinois state sits at 10th in the conference. Um, they're two games back from that eighth spot, uh, which is held by Missouri State. So if ISU does want to somehow sneak into this uh MVC tournament, the only way it's possible is Missouri State would need to lose their next three. Drake, U and I, and Southern Illinois, so that's that could definitely happen. Um and then obviously ISU needs to win their next three, which is UIC Valparaiso Bradley. Um those are some tough teams there. UIC sits at fourth in the conference. Valparaiso fifth, and then Bradley is one spot ahead of Illinois State in the standings. They won their first matchup, so technically it's not over. I mean you you have to hope for other teams to fall, other things to fall your way, but it's. I mean, I think they know that they still have a chance, and like you said, I mean, they are still celebrating a lot of the points um, when it matters the most, and they are fighting it just and matters knows what's going on i mean it's, it's a young team take some patience you got to work with it but yeah i don't i don't really know what else to say
1: yeah i had um an isu volleyball fan ask me this week if they thought anyone was upset with coach matters throughout this tough first season and i think it's a fair question but my response was no i, I really don't think so um i think everyone kind of understands what's happened this year and i think any expectation Um, to have on this team from the beginning of the season would just be completely unfair um, to put on them. And how could you expect them to compete after losing two players to medical retirement? Your best um, hitter this season retired. Sarah Kushner, your all-time leading kill leader, um, active in the program, has not been able to swing it uh, in the front row since... What, three weeks now, four weeks now? So, I mean, I don't think you can blame Coach Matters. I don't think you can really blame anyone. I think the freshmen are going to be freshmen. And, you know, in the future you're going to be very grateful that they have such um, experience ahead of, you know, sophomores, juniors um, when their time comes. But, you know, I think this year is just going to unfortunately be a development year when it was expected to be a year where they're competing – for yet another MVC tournament win. So um, I think the mood in the – I went to practice last week, and the mood is just – you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that this team has struggled, um, fell short of expectations, and not been able to find their footing this season. You know, they still are very much a unit. The seniors are playing for the freshmen and playing as leaders and trying to um, set the program up for – if they were to not make the tournament, just set the program up for next season. Yeah,
0: I think what you said is spot on earlier about how I think maybe maybe the players know it too that this season so much went wrong that it was just out of their control. I mm-hmm. mean, injuries, injuries. I don't think you can put any of the blame on Allie Matters here right. because there's so many uncertainties that just mm-hmm. fell that she can't control at this point. And yeah,
1: I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but we've talked about Sarah Kushner is the only ISU player that has returned from an injury, and she hasn't returned to her position. So I, would, I don't know if you can even count that. So if a player has gone down this season, they have not come back for this team. And that's just essentially unheard of, I think, in yeah, sports. You, had you have Kate- five different players go down. Yeah, you had Caitlin Leffler hasn't come back. You
0: have Sarah Jacobson with the ACL, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kushner hasn't moved back to the front row yet. She's still working back row, uh, but not front. And then you lose Prunzinski and Lund. So it's five players who you had at the start of the year in your starting lineup who are no longer able to do what they were doing in the start. And, I mean, it's hard to find success when all that hits you, like, so quick, too. Because it didn't really happen over a long stretch. I mean, Mm -hmm. Lund... And then it was like four or five matches later, Bronzinski and then Kushner went down, we went down. It's just
1: Sarah uh, Jacobson and Sarah Kushner are entered in the same match, a we, set apart against, I believe, Indiana State.
0: I believe you're right about that one, yeah, Indiana State. So I mean it's just it's really tough to control those things and be able to recover when all of it hits you like that. It's just so many unexpected especially when you have a team as long as young as this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they'll be back in action this weekend. They go to UIC Friday before traveling to Valparaiso Saturday, and then they will close out the season Wednesday at home against Bradley. Um, I think that's it for volleyball for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we do want to talk about the men's basketball team. I talked about a lot of disappointing losses this past week. It's It was just really tough. Um, I think a lot of people really expected the Redbirds to come out and make a statement to open the season, and they go out and drop it 71-68 at the hands of Western Illinois. Um, Alec Rosner on Western Illinois, 25 points, 9-20 shooting. He had a heck of a game. Trenton Masner for them had a triple-double of 12 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Um, But then you look at the Redbirds, and they just, let's see here. So total they shot 38% from the field. Uh, it was just under 31% in the second half. They shot 26% from three. That was one of eight in the second half. And they free throws were fine, 21-25, not too bad as a team. But when you shoot like that, I mean, you're just going to struggle. Uh, Western Miller was clearly focused on Colton Sandage when he came to that game. He only got three shots up. One of them was blocked by former teammate Trent Masner. So, I mean... Just they got to find a little bit of a rhythm here. And it's it's really early in the season. I like what Peden said. It's earlier in the season. He's not even close to giving up on anybody, obviously, because it's one game. But um, I think there's still some work to do here. It's a really new team.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, Peten's willing to be a little more patient than some of the fan base and some of the, um, I would say, haters around the Valley. Um, but, I mean, yeah, if you want a summary of that game, a stat that I found writing my article was... Um, Rosner made four three-pointers, and each of them were assisted by Trenton Mastner.
0: And I don't know that a single one of them was contested, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah,
1: he just found him wide open time and time again. Six of his 11 assists were to Rosner. So, yeah, that team just... You could tell they'd played together before, and they knew how to function in their offense. There were points in the game on Monday where it felt like the old... Dan uh, yeah Dan Muller teams and it was just disappointing to see someone just size up their opponent at the top of the key take some dribbles in the same place and drive the basket take a pull-up jumper three feet inside the three-point line and you know I will say they kind of fixed that throughout the game and it looked better at a lot of different points um but yeah the streaky shooting I mean they missed the first seven three-pointers then go and hit four in a row, finish one of eight in the second half. So you're just not going to win games um, shooting so inconsistently. And I liked a lot of what Peden was saying about um, shooting off one leg and that it was happening way too often Friday, sorry, Monday night. And I couldn't agree more because I think you're lacking the traditional center, but that doesn't mean you have to have guys who don't play like a traditional center. Where they're big and
0: they can right. actually have a solid footing. I I agree 100%.
1: I think if you go up strong and get fouled, that's much better than shooting a fadeaway, and I think any at least old-school basketball fan will tell you that and agree wholeheartedly. So I'd like to see a lot more of that from this team. Um, And then Colton Sanders missing those three shots. Liam McChesney went 0 for 5 as well. I think you just got to trust your shooters. Um, I mean, if you watch McChesney warm up, the guy doesn't miss. And in the game, I think he fell off. And you could see that getting back to live action for the first time in almost a year. Um, and I think Peden talked about
0: it. I think it's a timing thing mm-hmm. just because he is coming off a hip injury. Because if you watch the game, i said this multiple times now, if you watch the game, the shots were on target but were long or short. And I think that's the thing where you're timing up your shots and you're just off. And that's why he was inconsistent there. I mean, like I said, I think most of the shots were pretty on target. They would hit the back of the rim, but they were dead on. And, I mean, you just got to be patient with some of these guys right now.
1: Yeah, I think anyone that has watched this team practice will tell you that those guys are shooters, and they have an ability above the average Division one college basketball player to shoot the basketball. And I think you just have to keep coming back to guys like that and not give up on them throughout the course of a game and the season.
0: Yeah, obviously those four assists, not great on 21 made shots. You'd like to see that number a little higher, a lot of iso ball like you talked about. But one player, obviously, you can't go overlooked. Uh, despite some rough goings near the end of the game, uh, Kendall Lewis, he did. So I believe it was double, dri- double dribble, travel, and then the missed three at the end of the game. You never want to turn it over twice in a situation where you have a chance to tie the game. But Ryan Peden talked about how he thinks Kendall Lewis is going to push this off and he's going to move forward with it because he said he's the type of player who kind of just loses himself in the game. Uh, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 2 steals and a block in that game. So a heck of a performance from him. He's really starting to take on that role of a leader because he needs to be. I mean, last year he was one of the main guys on the team in terms of minutes, production and all that, and now he's one of those few returning guys along with McChesney who... They're really going to need to step up this year.
1: Yeah, and I think we talked about this at the game. It's just kind of the matter in which they turn the ball over. Yes. I mean, you're not getting shots, and they're not... I don't think either of those were forced turnovers. I would say that it's just like essentially a mental error. Maybe not totally accurate, but, I mean, double dribbling... I mean, you could see him corral the ball with a dribble, and then you take another dribble, and... I mean, obviously it's going to get called, especially at that crucial point in the game. It's so um, I think the key, the key is to not have that way on him. And I think Kendall Lewis is going to emerge as the unquestioned leader of this team. I think that's my hot take right now in this season. Maybe it's not even a hot take, but I think he is going to be the guy and he's going to be a guy that you will be able to trust in late game scenarios later in the season um, just kind of a tough start to get off with for this year.
0: Yeah, and you talked about how Peden had talked about the balance and everything, and I think the double dribble may be something that balance, but the travel definitely balances mm-hmm. the thing. He drove right into him and then just picked up his dribble, and you could just tell as soon as he picked up the dribble he had no footing and there was no chance for him to make anything happen there. But, yeah, I would agree 100%. He's got to be the leader on this team, but like you said, I think – I think these other guys need to lift some of that weight off. Um, It's really early in the season, though. like we said, one game. I know a lot of people are overreacting about this, but it's one game, brand new team. you got to give them some time. Yeah, it's a disappointing loss, but there is a whole season ahead of you where they can bounce back. Starting with Thursday, they travel to Eastern Illinois. Reed and I will both be at that game to cover, uh, so follow along for live updates there. But that... That definitely seems like a game where you need to be able to make a statement there, and then you travel to Northwestern State. So these two road games here are going to be big for the team. Uh, I think that's it for basketball for me. Anything else from you? That's all I got. All right, so the last two things we want to talk about are swimming and diving and the women's tennis team, who both uh, had honestly strong weekends. Swimming and diving first. Uh, they were in what they called the uh, – Double dual meet. Uh, they beat uh, Ev- they beat Evansville two sixteen to seventy one, and then they beat Eastern Illinois two thirty two to fifty five. So a couple of very dominant wins there for the swimming and diving team. But I mean that's really been a pattern lately. Uh, this fall season they've had a really strong showing, and last year they were really strong as well. So I mean they're carrying over a lot of success that they've seen over the past couple weeks, and then obviously last spring and fall season.
1: Yeah, and we're not going to stop talking about Eva Reyes, especially when she's undefeated in the one-meter meter dive event this season. Yeah, it's just insane the things that she's able to do. And as a sophomore, um, as a freshman, she was amazing as well. So um, did go ahead and take the three-meter event as well. Because why not? <laughs> While she was at it, you know. So um, Eva Reyes is just an absolute stud in Redbird Athletics, and if you don't know who she is, look into her a little bit. Um, definitely... In swimming and diving, it's possible to go underappreciated. She is not someone that you should overlook.
0: Not at all. Um, they will be back in action. I believe they have this weekend off, and they get back in action next Wednesday uh, for the Purdue invite, Wednesday through Friday. Um, so make sure to follow along there. But then they do have a long break uh, over the month of Dece- the rest of November and December, and then they'll start back up January 13th, 14th. Um, but yeah, make sure to follow that team because they have a lot of really solid players, like you said. Eva Reyes is undefeated through her career in the one meter. She's never lost at home in the one meter, or I'm not sure about the three meter, but I think she might be undefeated in both at home, so just an absolute stud there, so definitely someone to look out for there. And the last thing we do want to talk about, women's tennis team, um... They had, honestly, a pretty strong weekend this past weekend at the Redbird Duels to close out their uh, fall season. Um, You talked about a couple of things that you talked about um, on TV10 and uh, just, honestly, some really strong individual and doubles performances.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think Elena Yankalovska is kind of the standout individual from this weekend. Um, It's good that they get to play at home. This part, at this point in the season, and um, obviously when we come back in the winter, they start with two home meets again. So I'm excited to see this team get into regular season play and kind of um, take what they've learned from these bigger tournaments, these bigger matches, and um, apply it to their you know regular season. Yeah, I would
0: agree 100%. Um, and I believe, like we said, that is the end of their fall season here. Um, men's tennis does have an event, I believe this upcoming weekend to close out their fall season as well. So a lot of sports coming to a close here in the fall for this winter break before they get back going, um, in the late winter, early spring. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for sports for me. Um, I think there's a decent bit going on this weekend. Not a whole lot at, in Bloomington normal, unfortunately, but, uh, like we said, we're going to that men's basketball Eastern Illinois game tomorrow, um, Women's basketball plays at Dayton tomorrow to kick off their regular season. Uh, a couple volleyball games like we talked about. Uh, cross country has the Midwest Regional. Football, number one team in FCS. So a lot of big events going on this weekend. So make sure to follow along on all our Twitter accounts at the underscore redette and at vidy underscore sports. And I think that's it for me. Read anything else from you? That's all I got. All right, we'll see you next week. Reed!